Section 20 of From a Swedish Homestead by Selma Lagerlöf. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Lars Rolander. Section 20. The Peace of God. Once upon a time there was an old farmhouse. It was Christmas Eve, the sky was heavy with snow, and the north wind was biting. It was just that time in the afternoon when everybody was busy finishing their work before they went to the bathhouse to have their Christmas bath. There they had made such a fire that the flames went right up the chimney, and sparks and soot were whirled about by the wind and fell down on the snow-decked roofs of the outhouses. And as the flames appeared above the chimney of the bathhouse and rose like a fiery pillar above the farm, everyone suddenly felt that christmas was at hand the girl that was scrubbing the entrance floor began to hum although the water was freezing in the bucket beside her the men in the woodshed who were cutting christmas logs began to cut two at a time and swung their axes as merrily as if log cutting were a mere pastime an old woman came out of the pantry with a large pile of cakes in her arms she went slowly across the yard into the large red-painted dwelling-house and carried them carefully into the best room and put them down on the long seat then she spread the tablecloth on the table and arranged the cakes in heaps a large and a small cake in each heap she was a singularly ugly old woman with reddish hair heavy drooping eyelids and with a peculiar strained look about the mouth and chin as if the muscles were too short but being christmas eve there was such joy and peace over her that one did not notice how ugly she was but there was one person on the farm who was not happy and that was the girl who was tying up the whisks made of birch twigs that were to be used for the bath she sat near the fireplace and had a whole armful of fine birch twigs lying beside her on the floor but the whites with which she was to bind the twigs would not keep knotted the best room had a narrow low window with small panes and through them the light from the bathhouse shone into the room playing on the floor and gilding the birch twigs but the higher the fire burned the more unhappy was the girl she knew that the whisks would fall to pieces as soon as one touched them and that she would never hear the last of it until the next christmas fire was lighted just as she sat there bemoaning herself the person of whom she was most afraid came into the room it was her master ingmar ingmarsson he was sure to have been to the bathhouse to see if the stove was hot enough and now he wanted to see how the whisks were getting on he was old was ingmar ingmarsson and he was fond of everything old and just because people were beginning to leave off bathing in the bathhouses and being whipped with birch twigs he made a great point of having it done on his farm and having it done properly ingmar ingmarsson wore an old coat of sheepskin skin trousers and shoes smeared over with pitch he was dirty and unshaven slow in all his movements and came in so softly that one might very well have mistaken him for a beggar his features resembled his wife's features and his ugliness resembled his wife's ugliness 
for they were relations and from the time the girl first began to notice anything she had learned to feel a wholesome reverence for anybody who looked like that for it was a great thing to belong to the old family of the ingmars which had always been the first in the village but the highest to which a man could attain was to be ingmar ingmarson himself and be the richest the wisest and the mightiest in the whole parish ingmar ingmarson went up to the girl took one of the whisks and swung it in the air it immediately fell to pieces one of the twigs landed on the christmas table another on the big four-poster i say my girl said old ingmar laughing do you think one uses that kind of whisk when one takes a bath at the ingmars or are you very tender my girl when the girl saw that her master did not take it more seriously than that she took heart and answered that she could certainly make whisks that would not go to pieces if she could get proper whites to bind them with then i suppose i must try to get some for you my girl said old ingmar for he was in a real christmas humour he went out of the room stepped over the girl who was scouring the floor and remained standing on the doorstep to see if there were any one about whom he could send to the birch wood for some whites the farm hands were still busy cutting yule logs his son came out of the barn with a christmas sheaf his two sons-in-law were putting the carts into the shed so that the yard could be tidy for the christmas festival none of them had time to leave their work the old master then quietly made up his mind to go himself he went across the yard as if he were going into the cowshed looked cautiously round to make sure no one noticed him and stole along outside the barn where there was a fairly good road to the wood the old man thought it was better not to let anyone know where he was going for either his son or his sons-in-law might then have begged him to remain at home and old people like to have their own way he went down the road across the fields through the small pine forest into the birch wood here he left the road and waded in the snow to find some young birches about the same time the wind at last accomplished what it had been busy with the whole day it tore the snow from the clouds and now came rushing through the wood with a long train of snow after it ingmar ingmarson had just stooped down to cut off a birch twig when the wind came tearing along laden with snow just as the old man was getting up the wind blew a whole heap of snow in his face his eyes were full of snow and the wind whirled so violently round him that he was obliged to turn round once or twice the whole misfortune no doubt arose from ingmar ingmarson being so old in his young days a snowstorm would certainly not have made him dizzy but now everything danced round him as if he had joined in a christmas polka and when he wanted to go home he went in the wrong direction he went straight into the large pine forest behind the birch wood instead of going towards the fields it soon grew dark and the storm continued to howl and whirl around him amongst the young trees on the outskirts of the forest the old man saw quite well that he was walking amongst fir trees 
but he did not understand that this was wrong for there were also fir trees on the other side of the birch wood nearest the farm but by and by he got so far into the forest that everything was quiet and still one could not feel the storm and the trees were high with thick stems then he found out that he had mistaken the road and would turn back he became excited and upset at the thought that he could lose his way and as he stood there in the midst of the pathless wood he was not sufficiently clear-headed to know in which direction to turn he first went to the one side and then to the other at last it occurred to him to retrace his way in his own footprints but darkness came on and he could no longer follow them the trees around him grew higher and higher whichever way he went it was evident to him that he got further and further into the forest it was like witchcraft and sorcery he thought that he should be running about the woods like this all the evening and be too late for the bathing he turned his cap and rebound his garter but his head was no clearer it had become quite dark and he began to think that he would have to remain the whole night in the woods he leant against a tree stood still for a little and tried to collect his thoughts he knew this forest so well and had walked in it so much that he ought to know every single tree as a boy he had gone there and tended sheep he had gone there and laid snares for the birds in his young days he had helped to fell trees there he had seen old trees cut down and new ones grew up at last he thought he had an idea where he was and fancied if he went that and that way he must come upon the right road but all the same he only went deeper and deeper into the forest once he felt smooth firm ground under his feet and knew from that that he had at last come to some road he tried now to follow this for a road he thought was bound to lead to some place or other but then the road ended at an open space in the forest and there the snowstorm had it all its own way there was neither road nor path only drifts and loose snow then the old man's courage failed him he felt like some poor creature destined to die a lonely death in the wilderness he began to grow tired of dragging himself through the snow and time after time he sat down on a stone to rest but as soon as he sat down he felt he was on the point of falling asleep and he knew he would be frozen to death if he did fall asleep therefore he tried to walk and walk that was the only thing that could save him but all at once he could not resist the inclination to sit down he thought if he could only rest it did not matter if it did cost him his life it was so delightful to sit down that the thought of death did not in the least frighten him he felt a kind of happiness at the thought that when he was dead the account of his whole life would be read aloud in the church he thought of how beautifully the old dean had spoken about his father and how something equally beautiful would be sure to be said about him the dean would say that he had owned the oldest farm in the district 
and he would speak about the honor it was to belong to such a distinguished family and then something would be said about responsibility of course there was responsibility in the matter that he had always known one must endure to the very last when one was an ingmar the thought rushed through him that it was not befitting for him to be found frozen to death in the wild forest he would not have that handed down to posterity and he stood up again and began to walk he had been sitting so long that masses of snow fell from his fur coat when he moved but soon he sat down again and began to dream the thought of death now came quite gently to him he thought about the whole of the funeral and all the honor they would show his dead body he could see the table laid for the great funeral feast in the large room on the first floor the dean and his wife in the seats of honor the justice of the peace with the white frill spread over his narrow chest the major's wife in full dress with a low silk bodice and her neck covered with pearls and gold he saw all the best rooms draped in white white sheets before the windows white over the furniture branches of fir strewn the whole way from the entrance hall to the church house cleaning and butchering brewing and baking for a fortnight before the funeral the corpse on a bier in the inmost room smoke from the newly lighted fires in the rooms the whole house crowded with guests singing over the body whilst the lid of the coffin was being screwed on silver plates on the coffin twenty loads of wood burnt in a fortnight the whole village busy cooking food to take to the funeral all the tall hats newly ironed all the corn brandy from the autumn drunk up during the funeral feast all the roads crowded with people as at fair time again the old man started up he had heard them sitting and talking about him during the feast but how did he manage to go and get frozen to death asked the justice of peace what could he have been doing in the large forest and the captain would say that it was probably from christmas ale and corn brandy and that roused him again the ingmars had never been drunkards it should never be said of him that he was muddled in his last moments and he began again to walk and walk but he was so tired that he could scarcely stand on his legs it was quite clear to him now that he had got far into the forest for there were no paths anywhere but many large rocks of which he knew there were none lower down his foot caught between two stones so that he had difficulty in getting it out and he stood and moaned he was quite done for suddenly he fell over a heap of fagots he fell softly on to the snow and branches so he was not hurt but he did not take the trouble to get up again he had no other desire in the world than to sleep he pushed the fagots to one side and crept under them as if they were a rug but when he pushed himself under the branches he felt that underneath there was something warm and soft this must be a bear he thought he felt the animal move and heard it sniff but he lay still the bear might eat him if it liked he thought 
he had not strength enough to move a single step to get out of its way but it seemed as if the bear did not want to harm anyone who sought his protection on such a night as this it moved a little further into its lair as if to make room for its visitor and directly afterwards it slept again with even snorting breath in the meantime there was but scanty christmas joy in the old farm of the ingmars the whole of christmas eve they were looking for ingmar ingmarsson first they went all over the dwelling-house and all the outhouses they searched high and low from loft to cellar then they went to the neighbouring farms and inquired for ingmar ingmarsson as they did not find him his sons and his sons-in-law went into the fields and roads they used the torches which should have lighted the way for people going to early service on christmas morning in the search for him the terrible snowstorm had hidden all traces and the howling of the wind drowned the sound of their voices when they called and shouted they were out and about until long after midnight but then they saw that it was useless to continue the search and that they must wait until daylight to find the old master at the first pale streak of dawn everybody was up at ingmar's farm and the men stood about the yard ready to set out for the wood but before they started the old housewife came and called them into the best room she told them to sit down on the long benches she herself sat down by the christmas table with the bible in front of her and began to read she tried her best to find something suitable for the occasion and chose the story of the man who was travelling from jerusalem to jericho and fell among thieves she read slowly and monotonously about the unfortunate man who was succored by the good samaritan her sons and sons-in-law her daughters and daughters-in-law sat around her on the benches they all resembled her and each other big and clumsy with plain old-fashioned faces for they all belonged to the old race of the ingmars they had all reddish hair freckled skin and light blue eyes with white eyelashes they might be different enough from each other in some ways but they had all a stern look about the mouth dull eyes and heavy movements as if everything were a trouble to them but one could see that they all every one of them belonged to the first people in the neighbourhood and that they knew themselves to be better than other people all the sons and daughters of the house of ingmar sighed deeply during the reading of the bible they wondered if some good samaritan had found the master of the house and taken care of him for all the ingmars felt as if they had lost part of their own soul when a misfortune happened to any one belonging to the family the old woman read and read and came to the question who was neighbour unto him that fell amongst thieves but before she had read the answer the door opened and old ingmar came into the room mother here is father said one of the daughters and the answer that the man's neighbour was he who had shown mercy unto him was never read
later in the day the housewife sat again in the same place and read her bible she was alone the women had gone to church and the men were bear hunting in the forest as soon as ingmar ingmarson had eaten and drunk he took his sons with him and went out to the forest for it is every man's duty to kill a bear wherever and whenever he comes across one it does not do to spare a bear for sooner or later it will get a taste for flesh and then it will spare neither man nor beast but after they were gone a great feeling of fear came over the old housewife and she began to read her bible she read the lesson for the day which was also the text for the pastor's sermon but she did not get further than this peace on earth good will towards men she remained sitting and staring at these words with her dull eyes now and again sighing deeply she did not read any further but she repeated time after time in her slow drawling voice peace on earth good will towards men the eldest son came into the room just as she was going to repeat the words afresh mother he said softly she heard him but did not take her eyes from the book whilst she asked are you not with the others in the forest yes said he still more softly i have been there come to the table she said so that i can see you he came nearer but when she looked at him she saw that he was trembling he had to press his hands hard against the edge of the table in order to keep them still have you got the bear she asked again he could not answer he only shook his head the old woman got up and did what she had not done since her son was a child she went up to him laid her hand on his arm and drew him to the bench she sat down beside him and took his hand in hers tell me now what has happened my boy the young man recognized the caress which had comforted him in bygone days when he had been in trouble and unhappy and he was so overcome that he began to weep i suppose it is something about father she said it is worse than that the son sobbed worse than that the young man cried more and more violently he did not know how to control his voice at last he lifted his rough hand with the broad fingers and pointed to what she had just read peace on earth is it anything about that she asked yes he answered is it anything about the peace of christmas yes you wish to do an evil deed this morning yes and god has punished us god has punished us so at last she was told how it had happened they had with some trouble found the lair of the bear and when they had got near enough to see the heap of fagots they stopped in order to load their guns but before they were ready the bear rushed out of its lair straight against them it went neither to the right nor to the left but straight for old ingmar ingmarson and struck him a blow on the top of the head that felled him to the ground as if he had been struck by lightning 
it did not attack any of the others but rushed past them into the forest in the afternoon ingmar ingmarson's wife and son drove to the dean's house to announce his death the son was spokesman and the old housewife sat and listened with a face as immovable as a stone figure the dean sat in his easy chair near his writing-table he had entered the death in the register he had done it rather slowly he wanted time to consider what he should say to the widow and the son for this was indeed an unusual case the son had frankly told him how it had all happened but the dean was anxious to know how they themselves looked at it they were peculiar people the ingmars when the dean had closed the book the son said we wanted to tell you sir that we do not wish any account of father's life to be read in church the dean pushed his spectacles over his forehead and looked searchingly at the old woman she sat just as immovable as before she only crumpled the handkerchief a little which she held in her hand we wish to have him buried on a weekday continued the son indeed said the dean he could hardly believe his own ears holding maringmarson to be buried without anyone taking any notice of it the congregation not to stand on railings and mounds in order to see the display when he was being carried to the grave there will not be any funeral feast we have let the neighbors know that they need not think of preparing anything for the funeral indeed indeed said the dean again he could think of nothing else to say he knew quite well what it meant for such people to forego the funeral feast he had seen both widows and fatherless comforted by giving a splendid funeral feast there will be no funeral procession only i and my brothers the dean looked almost appealingly at the old woman could she really be a party to all this he asked himself if it could be her wishes to which the son had given expression she was sitting there and allowing herself to be robbed of what must be dearer to her than gold and silver we will not have the bells rung or any silver plates on the coffin mother and i wish it to be done in this way but we tell you all this sir in order to hear sir if you think we are wronging father now the old woman spoke we should like to hear if your reverence thinks we are doing father a wrong the dean remained silent and the old woman continued more eagerly i must tell your reverence that if my husband had sinned against the king or the authorities or if i had been obliged to cut him down from the gallows he should all the same have had an honourable funeral as his father before him for the ingmars are not afraid of any one and they need not go out of their way for anybody but at christmas god has made peace between man and beast and the poor beast kept god's commandment whilst we broke it and therefore we now suffer god's punishment and it is not becoming for us to show any ostentatious display the dean rose and went up to the old woman what you say is right he said and you shall follow the dictates of your own conscience and involuntarily he added perhaps most to himself 
the ingmers are a grand family the old woman straightened herself a little at these words at that moment the dean saw in her the symbol of her whole race he understood what it was that had made these heavy silent people century after century the leaders of the whole parish it behoves the ingmars to set the people a good example she said it behoves us to show that we humble ourselves before god end of section twenty read by lars rolander